Good morning, good morning. How are we all? Good, excellent, that is such good news. So this morning's uh, little talk is called An Invitation RSVP. So lockdown. I don't think we even really knew what a lockdown was a few weeks ago, but it's now been in place nearly four weeks. Those considered vulnerable have been shielding even longer and indications are that life is not going to return to normal at all, but instead a new and different normal will evolve from this. Are you feeling okay? Do you have your days when you struggle? Maybe you feel really suffocated because you can't get out or maybe your house just feels enormous and you actually feel desperately lonely. I'm so sorry for where you may be finding it difficult. The only possible consolation really that you could give for that is to know that everyone in some way is finding this a bit of a challenging season. One thing I think that makes it particularly hard is that normally you can escape a difficulty by going somewhere else. So you're away from home and you think, oh, if I could just get home, things would be fine or other way round. It's not like that. There's feels like literally nowhere you can go where you can escape what is going on at the moment. And in the midst of all this comes an invitation our wonderful Father God is inviting us closer. It's not a panacea. It's not like this all-fixing relationship. You can go into and suddenly everything's rosy and there's no difficulty and no trouble. But it is an invitation into a place where you can feel listened to. You can feel understood. You can feel empowered, cherished, believed in. You can feel enjoyed and ultimately you can feel loved. There's a verse in the New Testament, the, the latter part of the Bible, and it's actually written by uh, one of Jesus's brothers. And it says this, move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. It doesn't say move your heart closer and closer to God and if he's in the right mood, and if you've done everything that you're supposed to do, he may come closer to you. It is a promise. Move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. What this reminds me of is like an early date that you might go on with someone. I had the um, somewhat slightly dubious pleasure of watching La La Land again this week in our house. Oh God, when will lockdown end? But anyway, we watch La La Land and there's a point at which uh, the two main uh, protagonists in the film, they go to the cinema. And in the cinema, they're sitting obviously in adjacent seats and then, and then gradually they sort of shuffle over and, and they sort of gradually get closer to one another and then where they've got their hand on their on their thigh their their hand just sort of starts to reach across and they sort of both reach out little fingers hoping that the two little fingers will touch and they will they'll just have that moment where there's there's that closeness it may sound odd but actually 
It's like a shuffling up on the sofa. It's like an edging up on the settee. And that's what God is inviting us to. And you're, <clears throat> you may sort of be thinking, I'm just going to just, just shuffle up a bit. I, I, I hope to be able to connect with God. I'm not even really sure he's there. Believe me, God is equally shuffling up. He is equally just trying to reach out his hand, just hoping, just hoping for that one touch with you, hoping that you also are shuffling up the sofa so that you can be closer and connect. The four gospels, that's the four books in the Bible that tell us about the stories and the life of Jesus. They're all narratives really. And they are packed full of accounts of Jesus having people draw close. So just gonna go through a few with you and honestly, I'm telling you probably about a hundredth of them and that's just of the ones that are recorded. So we have the centurion. So Roman centurion, not at all popular to the Jewish people. Centurion, his son was sick and he came to Jesus and he begged for his child's life. Well, there was certainly no need to beg. And Jesus just spoke the word and his son lived. The son wasn't even anywhere near him. And he said to the centurion, you can go home, it's done. It's done. There was the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She was a pariah, unwanted, unwelcomed, yet she pushed through a crowd, touched Jesus' garment and was completely healed. But it didn't stop there because Jesus then wanted to discover who it was. He said, I, 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 I can feel power's just gone out of me. Who was that? And this lady was trembling and shaking and said, it was me. I just knew if I just touched your garment, I'd be well. And I, it doesn't actually say that he lifted her to her feet. But you can imagine he just lifted her up and probably sort of held her just under her chin and just said, daughter, your faith has completely healed you. Go in wholeness, go in completeness. At the same time, there was a synagogue ruler, like a church ruler at the time. His name is Jairus and his daughter was dying. And he came to Jesus and said, please, I want my daughter to live. And he said, okay, I'll come. Jesus gets interrupted by the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years. And then some leaders, some servants and people from Jairus's house come and say, Jairus, it's too late. Your daughter's now died. And Jesus says, it's okay. I said I would come. I said your daughter will be well. Your daughter still will be well, dead or not. Jesus goes to the house, kicks out all the people who are weeping and wailing. The girl comes back to life and is well. And Jesus gives the brilliant bit of understated advice. Give her something to eat. She's probably a bit peckish. You know, <laughs> it's lovely. In uh, the book of John, there's a woman, it's recorded a woman is caught in adultery. Now, it was just as bad for the man to be caught in adultery, but the woman is dragged nearly naked in front of Jesus to see if he would sanction her stoning because that was the due punishment. Jesus writes in the ground, diverts their gaze out of sheer compassion, and then he does permit her stoning, but says, let's start with the first person here who has never sinned, never done anything wrong, and never screwed up. Everybody leaves and it's just Jesus and this lady left and they have a conversation packed with love. You've got Zacchaeus, 
We don't know a lot about him other than he basically took money from people and he was short. That's about what we know. And he was up a tree. And so I'm going to read this from here. So when Jesus got to that place, he looked up into a tree and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down for I'm appointed to stay at your house today. I'm coming over. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, huh, look at this. Of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. Zacchaeus joyfully and joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. What? And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, whoa. Okay, that's not in there. I added that bit in. Whoa, this shows that today life has come to you and your household for you are a true son of Abraham. The son of man, that's Jesus, said, I have come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. What an incredible transformation that was. Even as Jesus was being crucified, there was a criminal either side of him, the Bible records, and one of them was mocking him. And the other one said, don't, don't mock him. He's done nothing wrong. We're up here because we deserve to be here. He's done nothing wrong. He says, remember me, Jesus. And Jesus reassures him and says, oh, you will be with me. Yet another reassurance. And we see it over and over again of people coming to Jesus so we see people responding to either an explicit or an implicit invitation of Jesus saying, come, follow me, move your heart closer and closer, and I will move closer to you. So that is the invitation. And there is only one requirement that follows any invitation, certainly any invitation from God to draw close. There is one requirement only. Before I tell you what that requirement is, I'm going to tell you some things that it's not. You don't have to be good. However you're defining good, you don't have to be good. You don't have to be particularly kind. You certainly don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have stopped your drinking, swearing, smoking. You don't have to have helped a certain number of old ladies across the road or delivered prescriptions for them. You don't even have to have loads of knowledge about him. No, the only requirement that follows the invitation from God to draw close and to draw your heart close to him and he'll draws, draw his close to you is this. You have to want it. You have to want to respond. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I'm not interested, but I have, uh, I mean, I've got, I've got guilt, right? I, I've done things I'm ashamed of. I've got a serious past. I mean, my present isn't great, but my past is crazy. I've got some terrible baggage, some awful habits. I've got a track record of hurting people, pushing them away, betraying people, letting them down. Well, I've got some good news for you. I've read the Bible through from beginning to end and I've really been doing my best to walk with Jesus now for well over 30 years and 
I can't see that any of this makes any difference. I can't see that any of these are disqualifiers. The invitation remains. I know. I agree with you. Most of us, we put conditions on our invitations and if someone's horrible to us, we withdraw our invitation and cross them off our Christmas card list. It just doesn't work that way with God. The invitation remains and it remains and it remains and it remains. Your past does not have to determine your future. God is waiting to break into your story and bring about his fullness of life into your life. So, Jesus told this parable, and we've told it here many times, it's a fantastic parable. So a parable is just a story that's intended to get across a meaning. And it's about a father, and he ran a farm, and he had two sons. And the father is meant to be God. And the son came and humiliated the father by saying, I want my inheritance. Yeah, but son, I'm not dead. Yeah, but I want my inheritance now, even before you are dead. His dad gave him half of everything. The son ran off to a foreign land and he squandered his money on wild living and girls and who knows what else. And eventually he ran out of money. And he ended up feeding pigs and didn't even have enough to eat himself. And this is where we pick the story up. Humiliated, the son finally realised what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers in my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and he had great compassion. And his heart swelled up for his son who is returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I'm so sorry I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me. And the father interrupted and he said, son, you're home now. And turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe. In fact, my very own robe and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, bring the seal of sonship and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. That invitation from the father, despite what the son had done, was never revoked. The son only had to be willing, only had to want to go to the dad, to come home. No further requirements. You see, God is a rewarder of those who seek him. We are rewarded with God himself. So, this invitation to draw close was here before lockdown, and it's here now. And in the very last book of the Bible, a pretty famous verse says this, Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you come and open the door, 
I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. You see, if you look carefully on the invitation to draw close, there is an RSVP. Today is the day to respond to this invitation. Maybe you said yes long ago, and since then you've drifted away, done things your own way, stopped drawing close, stopped shuffling up the settee. Men, this is to you. I know what we're like. We can do it on our own, right? We don't need help. I mean, we finally ask for directions about 40 minutes after we should have done. If you don't think that's true, and your wife is sat anywhere near you, look at her right now, and she'll be pulling that face. But the invitation is there into a relationship that opens up a whole world of possibilities. Today is the day. The invitation is there and we need only say yes. So what we're going to do is pray. I said yes to Jesus for the first time when I was 13 and I'm now 40 late. But I didn't say yes to him once. I keep saying yes and I keep saying yes and I keep saying yes. It's not that I'm not in the relationship. It's Think of it a bit like a marriage on your wedding day. You say yes, but then every day you live your life, you live out a yes. So we'd love to pray. And first of all, we'd love to pray with the people who have never said yes to Jesus. You've never before said, I want to shuffle up the settee. I want to draw close to God, knowing that he will draw close to me. I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what this will mean for me. I don't even really know if he exists. I'd love to just pray for you, first of all. So Father, we thank you for the promise from you that as we draw close to you, so you are drawing close to us. There is a mutual shuffling up the settee. And as we stretch out our finger, hoping to make a connection with you, so you are stretching yours out longing for connection with us. And I pray for people who've never said yes, that right now, out loud, they can say the words, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life. So if you have just said that, we would love to hear from you. Email us, let us know. And then we want to pray for people who Maybe your heart isn't as close as you would love it to be. Maybe you've slipped away. Maybe you started doing things your own way. Maybe you said yes to Jesus years ago. Maybe you were in Sunday school. Maybe you said yes when you were a teenager and you went to some big event and yes, and you, you gave your yes to Jesus. But since then, while he holds you in the palm of his hand, his, his palm is open and you, you know you've hopped off and wandered away. Today, today is the day to come back. He's been waiting. Like the father in the story of the prodigal son, he's been waiting. So if that's you, we'd love to pray for you right now. So Father, I pray for those people 
who haven't necessarily wandered off to foreign lands and squandered their money on crazy stuff. But they know that they have wandered away and they've stopped shuffling up the settee. In fact, they've gone up and done something else and aren't even in the same room. We pray for those people as they make the decision today, actually, I want to go and sit back on that settee and shuffle up close. That God, we're sorry where we wander away. We're sorry where we miss out on the best that you have for us. And we want to respond today to the invitation to draw close. Thank you, God. And we just bless those people who have either said yes for the first time or feel they're saying yes again. So much love to you. Get in touch with us. We would love to be able to support you and help you. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.